Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word tonight, and we do so in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds that are open. For the anointing upon the word, that it will penetrate our hearts and lives and change us from glory to glory. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to hold forth the word of life to this, our generation, that we might proclaim truth and power and demonstration, that hearts will be touched, dear Father God, with faith that will rise up in you and the resurrection power that you raised Jesus from the dead with. We'll give you all the praise, Father, tonight and all the glory that you deserve for everything said and all that's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm one of those that just kind of want to wait on the Lord now. What do you want me to talk about tonight? And I had so many different directions to go in, but all of a sudden it just hit me. Calling things that be not as though they were. And, you know, I've taught on this subject before. But the Lord reminded me, doesn't matter how many times you teach on it. It's a principle, it's a truth that can revolutionize a person's life. That will set the stage for them to activate the power of the living God in their lives. Amen. And so praise God, you can preach on salvation. Matter of fact, I heard this one preacher over, every time I hear him, I think all he's talking about is people getting saved. I'm wondering... How many in church need to get saved? I would pray they're all saved by this time. But I'm sure there's going to be a straggler, someone to come in and that sort of thing. But that's not the only subject that there is in the Bible, right? Amen. Besides, if you use the word salvation correctly, you'll find out that it means not just being saved from sin. But sickness and disease and and torment and evil. Being saved from accidents and, and everything connected to our lives. God wants to surround us with His favor, His presence, His power, His peace, His promises. Amen? His protective hand. He wants to change us from the inside out. I want us all to hear this. We are in a spiritual warfare. There is a scheme the devil has to destroy your life spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, your marriage, your children, it's time to get ugly with the devil. Are you hearing me? It's time to rise up and say, enough is enough. We're not waiting on anything. We're now becoming proactive. We're rising up. We're taking our place. We're doing our part and declaring, you are under our feet. That's where you belong and that's where you'll stay. We're walking in victory. Amen. We're walking in the power of God. Notice in the book of Romans chapter 4 beginning at verse 17. Calling things which be not as though they were is a biblical principle. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Notice, I have made thee before he ever had even a child. A father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So God calls things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Notice, it was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. There are circumstances that we're going to have to say, It may be true, but it's not more powerful than God. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Nobody's talking about he quickens the dead. So he's talking about Abraham being dead. He's talking about Sarah being dead. And he quickens the dead. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Notice in this section of scripture, what we discover is this. Calling things that be not as though they were is a biblical principle. God operates that way. But many don't understand it. Many misunderstand this biblical principle. 
And as a result, kind of try to do things that are not correct. And act apart from the true understanding of the biblical principle. And in doing so, you can get yourself in very much trouble. Why? Is it misunderstood? Because people cross over from the natural to the spiritual. And you know what? When you do that, sometimes it's difficult to navigate through that. We're so in tune with the natural world that we live in. We're surrounded by our senses. And as a result, it's easier for us to be controlled by the senses. And go with the flow of the senses. Especially if we hear like reports that come from a doctor. Reports that come from a financial advisor. Reports that come from a news station. Isn't it something how people hear that there's going to be a storm. The, the stores are wiped out. And it was nowhere near us. They were just being precautionary. Would it not be wonderful if the people believe the word of God like they believe the word of a newscaster? Being a weatherman is the only profession that you can have and be 100% wrong and still get paid for it. You realize that? Well, we said about an inch. Well, we won't go there. Anyhow, it's important that we understand that we're crossing over the natural world going into the spiritual realm and calling those things which be not as though they were is a spiritual biblical principle that we all really need to understand and learn to apply in our lives why? because that's how we activate the power of God so if we want to be productive in activating the power of God then it's important we learn to understand this principle and learn how to apply it now, this involves looking at the unseen and exalting the unseen above that which is seen. Our senses tell us one thing, but you see, God tells us another thing. It sounds unreasonable. It seems to us as though that it's impractical, illogical sometimes. But God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. You can either live here down at the lower life. Or you can have the higher life. And the higher life is the higher law that you operate in. The law of, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That liberates us from this lower law of, of sin and death. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 we are told. To look not at things seen but things that are not seen. How do you do that? Through spiritual eyes with spiritual ears amen while we look not at the things which are seen if you back it up he talks about this light affliction which is but for a moment works for us a far more eternal way to glory while we look not at the things that are seen there are things all around us that we see but we look at things that are not seen for the things that are seen are what temporal or subject to change but the things that are not seen are what Eternal. So in other words, look at your situations right now. Look at your circumstances right now. They are subject to change. They have the ability to change. They can change. But you know what is unseen is eternal and can never change. It's solid. You can believe in it. You can trust in it. You can grab a hold of it and not let go of it. It's unchanging. Why? Because God's unchanging. I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. He's always the same. And so God wants us on purpose to get our eyes off the circumstances that we're facing right now and get our eyes on things that are not seen. To such a degree that the thing that's unseen becomes more real to us than the things that we actually see. I, I, this, this, this thing about my Andrew, just something about my Andrew. I walk in the house. Oh, Dad, welcome home. I've been playing basketball here with Jesus. You got to see the setup. We got this room. He's got a hoop over the one door. And my wife went out today and bought him one for the other door. So look out. The, the, the table's in the middle between. So I know when I get home tonight what I'm going to be doing. Okay. And the kid's phenomenal. The reason why he can hit threes, last night at the game he was at the three-point line. 
to, to, for a dollar, you shoot, shoot the shot. If you make it in the hoop, you win a shirt. And normally, he's got so many shirts, it's unbelievable. But last night, I walked in and I saw, where's Andrew? Here he is over there. He's about to shoot. He paid his, he actually put up two bucks. He wanted two shots. It wasn't because he was full of doubt. He waited to the last game because he said, I want to get two shirts. First one, he swishes from the three-point. Second one, he swishes from the three-point. Everybody applauds him. And he gets two shirts. He can make a, you know, a lot of money on selling his shirts if he wanted to. Because <laughs> usually they're too big for him. But, but there he is, and he's in this little, he's in his room. And he said, yeah. He said, I was just standing here. I said, here, Jesus, it's your turn. Because I know he's here right now. You know, that's called practicing the presence of God. You realize that? We'll get in the car in the morning, go to school. He says, you know, Jesus is right here, Dad. I said, yeah, I know he's here, son. But there is something about him to where I know he is right here. It's a conscious awareness of the presence of God that moves him to say, Jesus, I know you're sitting out with me having lunch or something like that. Think about that. That's how we should all be. Every single one of us. We should be the same way. Looking that which is unseen on purpose will help us when the circumstances are not favorable to look at things that are not seen during that time. So when it's favorable, keep looking at the unseen. Amen. Look in the book of um, 2 Kings chapter 6. You know the story, just, I'm just going to give you just a few verses of it. Um, the prophet Elisha is with his, his servant and they're surrounded at Dothan. And while they're surrounded by this army that's going to take them away, uh, the servant doesn't know what's going to happen to them. Now place yourself in that circumstance. Let's just say that you're sitting in your home relaxing, maybe just you and your spouse. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of police officers surrounding your entire house, ready to whisk you away. She might want to look at him and say, what's going on here? What's going to happen to us? My goodness, something go wrong here? Well, that's what they were facing. Surrounded by this host, the servant says, what's going to happen to us? These are not good circumstances. And here's what happened. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And a servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? How is this going to pan out? Have you been there before? How's this going to work out? How are we going to get through this situation? This difficulty? This problem? And he answered those two powerful words. Fear not. Well, when you hear the negative, what emotion begins to rise up? Fear tries to grip us. But he says, fear not. <clears throat> I remember standing there when Andrew was born. Mm. Wow. You talk about the feelings of fear. You talk about the feelings of the unknown when your child is born blue and the doctors don't know why. Not a good place to be in. But in my spirit, the more authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost said, Fear not, only believe. You talk about a switch from night to day. Wow. From impossibility to possibility. See, that's why you're here tonight. All it takes doesn't take a whole message. Sometimes it just takes a little word from God that clicks. And there it is. There's my miracle. Setting it in motion. I remember being at Rama, And when I was down there, um, all funds were depleted. I didn't really know a whole lot about believing for finances. So I made an appointment at that time. They did some personal counseling with students. So I went into the office of the one who did the counseling. And it was a woman. And she was sitting there. I was very young in the Lord. You have to understand that. And she's sitting behind her desk. And she's on a phone call. She says, go ahead and sit down. I'm just, I just finished this phone call. And while she's talking to this person on the phone about their problem, I just absorbed everything she was saying. 
She finally hung up the phone and said, now what can I do to help you? I said, you already did. They have a nice day and left. Some people then have to rehearse their whole situation and all that. No, 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 no. I didn't have to beat her ear with my situation. I wasn't going there to do that. I just wanted a word from God. And you know what? I heard the word of God spoken. I walked out of the room and said, thank you, Lord. I got it. Forgive me for doubting. That's humility. Forgive me for doubting. It's my fault, not yours. I got it now. I'm back on the right track. So where are we at? What happened here is Elisha, you see, focused not on the circumstance, but Elisha focused on what? The unseen. Look what he says. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now the servant probably standing there looking around like, what? Master, I don't see anybody around here. What, what do you mean? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Oh, that should be our personal prayer. Open my eyes. So I can see beyond my circumstance. You know, sometimes you're so surrounded by the circumstance, you can't see beyond the circumstance. Open my eyes. Open his eyes that he may see. And what happened? And the Lord opened his eye, the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. The unseen world and realm is more real than the natural world that we live in. Now, did the prophet see that? I don't know. It doesn't say that. Definitely, definitely doesn't say that in Scripture. But he knew they were there. Either he knew it by faith or he actually saw them. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to do? But it doesn't matter either way. We're to see it by building the truths of the Word of God into our hearts in such a way that we see them, even if we don't see them with our physical eyes, but we see them with our spiritual eyes, praise God, and they are more real to us than what we're seeing in the natural. You see a situation that looks bleak, but you see God is bigger than the situation. Amen. You look at it as being an impossibility because you've exhausted every man's resource for help, but all things are possible to him that believeth. There wasn't one thing that Jesus viewed as being impossible. You say, that was Jesus. Well, I know, but he also said for us, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God too. Amen? Right, it's for us to believe. And then, notice in 2 Kings chapter 4. Here is a powerful situation that took place. This woman that took care of the prophet Elijah. Elijah wanted to reward. Give her something for her help and her assistance. And so finally he just said, what does she need? And the servant just said, well, she doesn't have a child. And so the prophet said to her, the Shunammite woman, that by this time next year you will have a child. You'll be holding a baby in your arms. And she said, now, oh man of God, don't you lie to me about this. This was her longing desire. Don't you lie about this. He said, you'll see it. And of course, the following year, the baby was born. Well, this happens. He's with his dad out in the field. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. He had a heat stroke. Died from the heat stroke. And there he is lying on his mother's lap. And so what does she do? Let's read on the next scriptures. So she went and came into the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off at a distance that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Wait a minute. He was dead on the bed in the room that she, set, that she set apart and made for the prophet. And she says, what? It is well. Oh my. It is well. And as you read on the rest of the story, 
you find out that this child is raised up from the dead by the prophet. And I love the tenacity of this woman's faith. When the prophet sent Gehazi with his staff to go and laid on the, the body that was lifeless of this, of this boy, didn't come back. But as he was on the way, the prophet said to her, go ahead and go. You know, he'll take care of it. She said, uh-uh. No. Grabbed a hold of his leg and said, as long as you live and I'm standing right here. <laughs> so, you're going to come with me. And he did. And the prophet Elijah laid on top of the, the lifeless body, breathing to him, etc. You can read it for yourself. And raised him from the dead. But notice this. It is well. It is well. When things go wrong, they're not well. When there's trouble, it's not well. You know, when there are marital problems, it's not well. When there's problems with our children, things aren't well. But you see, when we learn to look beyond what we see and truly believe from the heart that God is greater than what we're looking at, then we can say it is well knowing that the hand of God, the power of God is released to minister to the need. It's no longer my concern. I'm not going to be full of worry and anxiety and fretting and fear and self-pity and, and having a victim's mentality. It's time to rise up and say, everything that I see in this natural world that's pulling me down is not bigger than the God who's pulling me up. I believe God. As we talked about Paul, when Paul was on that ship, and it seems like it was going, to going down and everyone was going to die. He says, Sirs, I believe God that it shall be as it was spoken to me by the angel who stood by me and said, Fear not, you're going to be before Caesar and you're going to have to stand there. And, I'm going to, and God's going to give you all the rest of, of the people, the 276 people that are on the ship with you. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the typhoon, in the midst of all the upheaval and the mess that they were in, in the, in the midst of facing the rocks that were getting closer and closer where the ship would actually burst apart. What did they say? What did the, he say? Be of good cheer. Well, that runs cross grain with our emotions, doesn't it? You see how we really know if we're in faith? Every time that devil comes along and says, it's not going to happen. You say, too late, it happened. Too late. God calls things that are not as though they are. I'm calling it done today. God doesn't have to wait to see it done before He calls it done. He calls it done first and then it happens. Can you see that? That's what God wants us to do. Okay, look at another. Scripture in Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old for I am God. And there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Anybody here believe that tonight? Declaring the end from the beginning and, the and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. You realize that God who calls the end from the beginning called Abraham the father of many nations before he was ever a father of many nations. He didn't say you're going to be the father of many nations. He said you are the father of many nations. That's calling things that be not as though they were. He doesn't wait to see it happen. He just calls it done. And then you know what? As he speaks it and says it and declares it, everything starts working together to make it happen. And just because it didn't materialize overnight, he doesn't say, I guess my word wasn't good on this one. No. He just actually forgets about what he said, just sits back and just watches it happen. That's calling things that are not as though they were. I call myself delivered right now. Even though I may not see that in the natural yet, I'm calling myself delivered now. I'm calling myself whole now. There was a fellow that was addicted to tobacco and went to a preacher and said at the prayer, at the altar during the prayer line said, I want to be delivered from tobacco, but I have to warn you. How about that one? 
I got to warn you. I've been to all the best preachers that there are. <laughs> and I'm sure that made him feel real good. And they've prayed for me and I've not been delivered. I want you to see that kind of mentality. Really. You've been to all the best preachers you can find. And you've been prayed for by the best in other words. And you haven't been delivered. Mm, that's right. Okay. I still can help you. How? If you'll do what I say. If you'll do what I say. For t so many days. 21 days. Whatever it was. You'll be free. Really? Yeah. Just start saying. I'm delivered from tobacco. Tobacco has no power over me. Whatsoever. The desire for tobacco. Is gone from my life. He goes what if I light up a cigarette? He said so what? So, you mean I can do that and still say that? Yeah. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. And the fellow said, you know what? What happened was this. What he didn't get, get by the best preachers praying for him when he walked away from their altars, he got when he decided to do what the word says and start calling some things that be not as though they were. I am delivered. I no longer have the taste, praise God, or the desire for, for tobacco. I'm set free from it. He said he tried to light one up, tried to light another one up, finally got to a place he didn't even like it. He said, I just threw it out the window and never had one since. Spiritual forces are real. There are forces of darkness that are behind a lot of things that we encounter in this life, whether it's a troubled marriage, a wayward child. Here you are focusing on the child, focusing on what the child is doing, rather than saying, in the name of Jesus... I call you free. I call you restored. I call you walking with God. I see you in church. I see you studying the Bible. I see you serving the living God that's called you by your name. Do you see the difference? So in other words, take all the effort and energy that it takes in your life to worry about the situation and start speaking the word over the situation. Big difference between the two. You make a highway for God to move when you do that. And that's how God operates. So, before it was a physical reality, God did what? Called him a father of many nations. So God doesn't wait for something to happen before he calls it done. Once he gives his word, it is done. Remember when the uh, Roman centurion came to Jesus and said, My servant lied at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. He said, I'll come and heal him. He said, No, I'm not worthy to come under my roof. Speak the word only. My servant shall be healed. He said, and what did Jesus say? And then he said, I'm a man under authority and all that. He said, Jesus said, I've not found this kind of faith in all of Israel. Speak the word only. Because all you have to do is speak the word. And once you do, it's done. And that's exactly what happened. Go thy way. As you believed, so be it done unto you. He shall have what he says. But this man believed that once, you see, the word was spoken. He didn't have to see it done yet. Once the word spoken. That's it. It's done. Call it done. Believe it from your heart that it's done. If you've got to write it down, write it down and say, this is when I released my word of faith based on the integrity of God's word. I call it done. I call my marriage restored. I call my son or daughter back to the kingdom of God. I call my finances released from all the forces of evil. I call every demon power of darkness behind whatever alcohol, whatever it might be, pornograph, pornography, pornographic material, whatever it might be, I call it done in the name of Jesus. It's done. I'm not waiting for it to be done. I call it done. It's done now. And you're going to see some things you're going to set in motion. But notice uh, back to Romans chapter 4. And you don't have to pull the scripture up. But God makes alive the dead and calls things that are not as though they are in other words, he calls things that are not yet in existence as if they are in existence. That's another way to say it. It may not be in existence right now, but he calls it as being in, in existence so it can materialize in the natural world that we live in. But yet what we do too often is we're waiting for something. God's going to do something. You watch, it's going to happen someday. I'll tell you what, you may think that's trivial, but I'm telling you right now. Tell an electrician, just move the wire of that little bit apart like that. It won't matter. Really? Really? 
I guarantee it will. There won't be any flow of electricity until you put them together. And then your lights will come on. And then your furnace will run. It does matter. That little adjustment makes all the difference in the world. I'll tell you what right now will it do for you. It'll help you stop worrying. It'll offer you more hours of sleep. It'll unleash the living God on your situation. And not you. And your own ability. And your own power or mind. Can you see that? So God calls it done before he sees it done. And he doesn't have to wait until he physically sees it done to know that it is done. So what we do is what he wants us to do. You say, well, that's him. What about us? Well, since you asked, look in Mark's gospel, chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. And this is found in uh, a different translation. The BBE translation. Bible in basic English. And Jesus answering said to them, have God's faith. Who said that? Is he mincing words here? Have whose faith? You mean the one that said, let there be light? And there was light. You mean the one that calls things that be not as though they were and they become? He said to have whose faith? In, in the more literal Greek, it's have the God kind of faith. Or have faith as God has it. Wow. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be taken up and be put into the sea and has no doubt in his heart, but has faith that what he says will come about, he will have his desire. For this reason I say to you, whatever you make a request for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you and you will have it. Wow. Have faith that it has been given to you. So once you make the request, in other words, I've got it. I've got it. You see, it doesn't look like you got it, but I still got it. I got it. I have it. And that's calling things that be not as though they were. And why do we want to do that? To set in motion spiritual laws. Now, confessing the word to bring to pass what is true in the spiritual realm into the natural realm is a key biblical principle. Look at James chapter 3 and verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members. Now before he said that, he talked about the horse and he talked about the ship. And he said, you can put a bridle in the horse's mouth and turn his body whatever, wherever way you want to go. Rudder on a ship does the same thing, a lar large, massive you know, cruise liner. You can make a turn with something very small. Well, so is the tongue among our members that defiles the whole body and sets on fire. Notice the course of nature. It is set on fire of hell. And this is in the more literal Greek. It sets in motion the cycle of natural events. It sets in motion the cycle of natural events. You realize that when fear comes in and we start talking fear, it sets in motion the cycle of natural events. Remember Job said, the fear I greatly feared has come upon me. In other words, his fear released through word form did what? Set in motion the cycle of natural events. That's what happened. That's what he did. So the enemy, what's he want to do? He wants to inject thoughts into our mind. Oh, and I was standing there oh, looking at Andrew's body. I can't even tell you how many times. My goodness. The thoughts bombarding, this isn't going to work, he's going to die, he's not going to live, there's no possible way. Even the doctors agree, they say he can't live, he's going to die in your arms, he's going to die in there. Oh, and it's just bombarding and bombarding and bombarding your brain with all these thoughts and all this doubt and all this unbelief. You know, that's his job to do that. You realize that. I don't know if he gets paid for it or not, but it's his job. But he will get paid in the end, guaranteed. He won't like the pay, but he will get the pay. You see. What happens is, he dropped these thoughts into our minds to set in motion the cycle of natural events to do what? To destroy lives for destructive purposes. But God wants us to turn that thing around. Uh, 
this happens but not instantly it happens in the process of time which is where we get weary in well doing now what I mean by that is this if words are so powerful then why is it that when someone says that scares me to death they don't die instantly aren't you glad that they don't right because it's a process you're sowing seed you're setting in motion spiritual laws that will come to pass but you keep saying that scares me you're inviting fear to death you're setting in motion the cycle of destructive things to your life and if you continue all your life talking that way see I told you it's getting worse I know you believe for it and you got it it's gotten worse you kept on saying it and you kept on having it it's getting worse you're calling it that way but what does God say for us to do in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 we're told exactly what to do look at what it says above all taking the shield of what wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked have you ever gone to a spiritual store to find what a shield of faith looks like Does anybody know what a shield of faith looks like? Wouldn't it be nice if we all had one in our closet somewhere? There is no physical shield of faith that we can muster up. We can't purchase some kind of shield to shield ourselves from these fire missiles of the devil. And what are those fire missiles? Thoughts, words that penetrate the mind intended to pierce the heart with fear and unbelief and doubt coming our way for what purpose so we can speak them out and set in motion the cycle of events that will destroy our lives and you know what most people fall for it the shield of faith is this it's not a physical shield it's not a shield that you can see it's a shield built on words of faith you speak the word and you cast down every thought every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ and when you say no 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 devil you're not taking my child out in the name of Jesus you're not you're putting up a shield of faith right there you see that that's what you're doing no 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 devil you can't have my finances you're putting up a shield of faith right there around your whole household this place is off limits to you buddy you've got no right to do any damage to my home to my family to anyone that I know as far as I'm concerned I'm going to have it as far reaching as I possibly can but where you have the most authority is within your own life and within your own family within your home shield of faith is answering the devil's words, his thoughts, his ideas, his schemes, his suggestions. And he has a lot of them, by the way. You realize that? You're going under. No, I'm not. I'm going over in the name of Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Look how weak you are. Well, let the weak say I'm strong. I'm stronger than the Lord in the power of his might. There's no place of safety and refuge for you. Oh, the Lord is my refuge and my strength. My very present help in time of trouble. That's your shield of faith. You're so sick, you'll never get better. He bore my sickness and he carried my pains. And by his stripes I was healed. And by the way, if you haven't heard it, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You're putting up a shield of faith. You're shielding yourself from those thoughts and those ideas that are coming from the realm of darkness intended to do what? set in motion the cycle of events that will destroy your life but you're not buying into it, praise God mm -mm. nope, not at all you're speaking down words that will overcome the circumstances now Abraham he was first called Abram but then he was called Abraham and when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham Abraham which means father of many nations isn't that something that when God does a work like he said he did, did he, he changed his name to Abraham, which means I have now made thee a father of many nations, and he gave him a name to prove it? You want to know why a name is so important? It's so important because you hear yourself being called that every single day. 
How, how would you like to be called? Your name means the evil one. Mm -mm. I think I want to change my name, wouldn't you? Father of many nations, father of many nations. And Sarah's talking to her husband and saying, Abraham, father of many nations, father of many nations. Everyone that calls him, my, my name is now Abraham, father of many nations, father of many nations. What's happening? God knows what to do. He's building within his heart and his mouth the name, the word that says father of many nations. It's a process. It doesn't happen instantly. It's a process. So he hears it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, over and over again. And remember that dead body? God who quickens the dead and calls things that are not as though they are? is calling him the father of many nations and over this period of time that he's being called that something is happening he has set in motion a cycle of events that do what? promote life Sarah, Sarai became Sarah mother of nations who could not bear a child who could not conceive in her womb but she's now called mother of nations made by the hand of God considered done before she ever gives birth to Isaac but she's being called mother of nations, mother of nations. And oh, a cycle of uh, events are set in motion. Praise God. As she hears those words over and over and over again, it's being built into her heart, built into her mind. Mother of nations, mother of nations. I have made thee a mother of nations. Father and mother of nations. Father and mother of nations. Here they come. Look at them walking together, holding hands. Mother and father of nations. Over and over again. And little do we know that during that cycle of events, her insides are being renewed to conceive and have a child. You see the process by which God works? I know you've heard his testimony, but should there be one person that never has? When they told us he doesn't have a left pulmonary artery, that's it. He can't live. Can't. And we held hands and said, Father, give him a left pulmonary artery. And from that moment we said, thank you that he has a left pulmonary artery. It's open, it's growing, hallelujah. And you heard me tell you, Krista made up the left pulmonary artery song, and she sang to it, oh, the left pulmonary, thank you, Father, for his left pulmonary artery. It's open, it's growing, it's whole, he's normal. Look, they said, we can't make one. He doesn't have one. They do a heart catheterization. And they say, by the way, there is a thread for a left pulmonary artery. But don't even let that get any hope up. No blood can get in there. And where there is no blood, there is no growth. And you know what? From none to a thread tells me something is happening. A cycle of events was set in motion to promote health and life. And we just kept on for nine solid months. Thank you, Father, for his left pulmonary artery. It's open. It's grown. We didn't see. We don't have x-rays. We don't have any, any, any means by which we can look into his heart, look into his lungs, look into his body. So we're not seeing anything in the natural, but we are going at it, glorifying God in the midst of a thousand other setbacks that we're seeing in his life. He's going through this uh, heart infection, the staph infection in the heart, the Brovia gland infection, chickenpox infection, the uh, rotavirus infection, etc., 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 etc. He's got to have surgery for this, etc., all that. And we just kept on saying it. You say, is that a fight? You know it's a fight. You want to give up? Sometimes you do want to give up in your natural mind, your natural thinking. But I'm telling you, you're fighting for your son's life. It's meaningful. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to cave in. You're not going to faint. You're not going to lose heart. You will reap if you faint not. And so we just kept at it. And when that Indian doctor took him in and said, we're going to do another heart catheterization or echosonogram, whatever it was, one of the two, because they had to do something about that BT shunt that was put in his heart because it doesn't grow. He was growing and it, and it doesn't grow with you. And he came out, I'm telling you, you would think he was Pentecostal. <laughs> he was dancing in that waiting room and saying, He's got a whole left pulmonary artery. It's, just, it's normal size. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said for that. Isn't it something it takes nine months for a child, you know, to be born, right? And in nine months, he grew into normal size. From nothing. 
to normal size in nine months. But we had to keep saying it. Had to keep saying it. And you get so caught up in saying it that you don't hear anything else. Nothing else is a setback. It's done. It's done. It's done. I call it done. You know, you might as well just take the time, call it done, and just say, too late, devil, too, too late, worry, too late, anxiety, too late, fear. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. I call it done. I call things that are not as though they are. It's done. That's how God does it. I got His faith. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing the same thing God does. Amen. Well, what happened? He became the father of many nations. Let's close with this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. You have to understand, this kind of teaching gets me excited beyond words. Every miracle, basically, that I've ever received in my life has come this way. And I know God's called me to teach it, to help other people. I mean, it's okay to have, get out there and say, I got the miracle this way, that way, went to a meeting and all that. You can't get miracles by going to meetings for, for the rest of your life. That's another subject, because God would be an enabler if he allowed that to happen. Comes a time when you've got to be responsible for your own life of faith and start saying, I believe, I'm going to grow in my faith and walk with God and believe what God's word says and start calling some things that be not as though they are. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore, what do we do? How's faith released? With words. You've got to say it. You've got to say it. You've got to speak it. This is what I say. I declare it. I decree it. I say it. It's mine. I've got it now. But it doesn't look that way. See, now you're going to recognize that by the, coming from the devil and just say, who cares what it looks like? It doesn't matter to me what it looks like. Did I say it looks right? I told you I know it's done. I say it's done. I declare it's done. I spoke to the tree. It dried up by the root. It died. It had to. I don't have to see it with my eyes. It doesn't matter to me. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. I wrote this out specifically. I want to put it up there so we, we can all see it. Because when you say it, it sounds like a tongue twister. There's a difference between calling things which be not as though they are and calling things that are as though they're not. Let's see that again. There's a big difference between calling things which be not as though they are or were and calling things that are as though they're not. There's where people get in trouble. Well, what's the difference? When you call things that are as though they're not, then here's what you're doing. You're saying something like, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And when people first started to hear this principle taught, they, all they heard was, just say you're not sick. Because you'll have what you say. Just say you're not sick. Water's coming out of their eyes. Blood's coming out of their ear. They're vomiting. I can get a little more graphic if you want. And they're saying, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And everybody around them going, what a lunatic. See, that's calling things that are as though they're not. Calling things that are not as though they are is this. The blood's coming out your ear. Water's coming out your eye. You're vomiting. And with every breath you're saying, by stripes I call myself healed. I call myself healed. I call myself healed. I call myself healed. I call myself delivered. I call my marriage restored. I call my child back into the kingdom. I call it done. I call myself well. I call my finances free. Do you see the difference? You're not walking around lying by saying, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. What you're saying is, I call myself well by the authority of the word of the living God, by the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, and the stripes that the Father placed upon him for us all, by the curse he became, by the sin he bore, sickness he took, I call myself well. The mental anguish that was placed upon him. I call myself well. I call myself whole in the name of Jesus. There's a big difference between the two. Can you see the difference? Amen. God wants us to get to that place. That we recognize this truth. And we start calling some things that be not as though they were. So we can set in motion things that will do what? Promote life, health, restoration, healing. 
deliverance, wholeness, victory, strength, ability, and the list goes on and on. That's how we materialize the things that are already real in the spiritual realm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. In other words, they don't appear to the senses, but it's done. I see it done. So you're taking the unreality of hope, bringing it into the realm of reality. How? By faith. And what is faith? Calling things that be not as though they were. Oh, by the way, you're the father of many nations. I am? <laughs> I don't even have a child. Is that too hard for God? Hmm. So what did, it, what did Abraham say, what did it say he did? He believed God. His body was dead. The dentist of Sarah's womb was not enough to stop what God said from materializing in the natural world. And you know what? We've got to get to that same place. He, t- he told us, have the kind of faith that God has. And once you establish it, once you say it, don't let anything undermine what you've said. Don't walk away and just say, well, I guess it didn't work. I tried that and it doesn't work. That's not how you do it. I've established it. I've called it done. As far as I'm concerned, everything else is a lie and vanity. Everything else is a lie from the devil. Everything else is an attempt of the enemy to get something set in motion in my life that will destroy my faith. But I'm not uprooting my faith. As far as I'm concerned, I'm calling it done from here on out. And I'm not moving from it. And it will materialize. You're not going to look at that. You're looking at this. It's done. I call it done. Amen. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It's our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. and now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.